Hello, and welcome to an unexpected podcast. My name is Tim, and with me as always, we have Rainier. And joining us, we have Evan Iverson and Robert Cron, as always. Um, on this week's episode, we're going to be going over the Moria Warriors, as well as some list reviews we have for Moria, in case you're interested in, in taking a list for them. Um, but our list review is from Peter Holden. So I'll just pull it up real quick, and we'll go over that. Um, his list is Gerbers with 12 goblins with shield and spear. Two Bat Swarms, a Warg Marauder, the Watcher, the Mouth of Sauron with 13 Black Numenorians, one Black Numenorian with Banner, and one Black Numenorian with Warhorn, and an Orc Taskmaster with nine Orc Trackers at 800 points. He has 43 models, seven Might, 11 Bows, and some Tentacles. Um, so with this list, you have the Terror aspect um, with the Black Numenorians. And you have the bat swarms to mitigate uh, people's fight values as well as get behind lines and go to objectives, anything like that. Um, obviously, he's going to be using the goblins to back up the black Numenorians. Um, so then that way he gets rank and file. And then the watcher and task or trackers, I'm assuming, are just to, well, the watchers to do damage, of course. And then the trackers are there to just boost up the numbers. Flash, do a little damage from range. Um, I think with this kind of list, you could do well with this at a tournament, I believe, because I don't know many people that have gone against the Watcher, and if they have, I would probably argue maybe if you go to a tournament, 20% of people have gone up against the Watcher, so you really throw people off with it. And you combine that with the fact that you do have a terror front line at Fight 4, you have a banner in there for the Watcher, for the Mouth of Sauron, for Derbers, or anything else. Um, you do have a couple of shots. You have the Taskmaster for, to help out with Might, because uh, I believe you have, was it two? How many? Uh, Watcher has how many points on Might again, guys? One. Just one. one. Okay, so one, I believe the Mouth has two, Derbers has three. So we'll say about seven Might. Oh, it says at the bottom. That's maybe ridiculous. Um, so seven might with free might. So let's assume you get two points of might. So you're up to nine might for free. Um, so I mean, it's a decent list. Um, Rob, what do you think of it? Um, so mechanically, just one quick thing. I think it might be slightly over bow limit with the nine trackers and the Moria contingent. Um, I think. Oh I think yeah, that's that a good only have a bow limit of eight. Yeah, yeah um, that's correct. But I mean, that's not a huge deal and doesn't <clears throat> fundamentally change the way that the list would play. You're just throwing in another orc or something like that. Yeah, right? just do naked orcs and it's the same points. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, right. um, but other than that, I mean, it, it really comes down to the Watcher Bat Swarm combo, which is very nasty. And if you've ever played against it, no hero is safe, right? Because once the Watcher grabs them and pulls them in with a Bat Swarm, it's usually a pretty bad day. Um, yeah, I mean, other than that, I like the I like the Taskmaster there just to help out with the might, especially since the Watcher itself doesn't have a lot of might. Um, Derbers is always a solid buy. It's definitely unconventional, right? Mm -hmm. It's a very different take on the Terror Wall, and usually you see the Terror Wall with a beastie that's not the Watcher. So I think it'll throw a lot of people off guard because they'll see it and be like, "What? what is this and how do I play against it? You don't really play against it any different than you would any other Watcher-based list, but the fact that you see a bunch of Black Numenorians would throw you off, right? So. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm, oh, 
Yeah, go right here. You go ahead. So I'm, I'm curious. Uh, did he mention which one is his leader, Durbert, to the Mouse of Sauron? Um, he did he not. Does not. No. Yeah, that's that's kind of a tricky situation too because the mouth is like a caster. You're not gonna. Well, he is fight five, but you're not gonna throw him into combat. And Durbert's is your only heroic strike in a way. So I'm not sure which one. What do you guys think of that? Which one would you choose? Um, I think I personally would pick probably Durbert's. Though yeah, I think I'd go Durbers. It's a good question. I think Durbers heroic for defense. Yeah, heroic yeah. defense. Yeah. He's got more might points, um, and he's got what is he fight four? So yeah. he's less likely to actually be used in combat. Where the mouth of Sauron fight five, you might find uses for that. Though I mean, really, I think you could go either way. It's not a huge difference. Uh, you can play them both in the same way, which is very conservatively if they're your leader. Um, so I guess just going over uh, less of the big picture with this list, but more of the small finicky stuff. Uh, I don't like the Warhorn personally. I don't think you need it. Black Numenorians are Courage 4. I think they'll do the job just fine. You don't need them to be Courage 5. Um, I get that like, oh, you want the Bat Swarms to be higher Courage because they're Courage 2. But the main trick with the Bat Swarms is you're going to be dragging somebody into them with the Watcher, so it really doesn't matter. Um... Also, uh, I would recommend so dropping the Warhorn and maybe with that points changing the goblins, one of the goblins with shield and spear, into another Warg Marauder or another Bat Swarm or something like that. Uh, also, I would recommend dropping the banner off of a Black Numenorian and sticking in like maybe a normal orc and the orc Taskmaster's warbands to replace one of the trackers that is above your bow limit just so you have your banner on a spear that doesn't that isn't going to be in the front line using their fight for um yeah what what do you guys think about this as a concept so maybe you drop the warg marauder and you drop the warhorn and then you get rid of the orc trackers and then you basically would have enough points for a full war band of moranans would you guys rather see that I think I'd rather see that, to be honest. And I was thinking yeah, something think so. similar as we were going through the list because the trackers, uh, they're bolsting for the number. And I can see his concept of, and I'm not sure where he's from, and there's different metas we've talked about in different countries, but it does seem like he's going for the concept of Black Numenorean, Shield Wall, Terror, Harbinger. Um, the trackers shoot from that Shield Wall. I just don't see that as effective at like 800 points. And you, you really only see like, the watcher as the only output for killing things. So I would bolster them with Moranins. One, it gives you more people, and two, it gives you strength for to actually kill stuff. And not only that, but it makes it makes your front line a little bit harder to break through because now your entire front line would be defense six. Mm-hmm. And so shooting isn't as big of a deal to you as well. And then and when the, you it, get those because if you get the orc trackers in combat, they're they're kind of done. So you basically yeah. you would try to keep them away from combat, but at the same time, it's like you're paying five points for a model that you're essentially trying to stop yeah. from fighting. Yeah, um, and and and, and I, I like that idea too because it's like I play Black Numenorians, and they hold the line pretty well, but they don't break the line. 
And those Moranins in the back with the strength four will make that like terror wall even dangerous because then you're not just using it as a defensive post, you're using it as you're advancing. So yeah, I, I really like that idea actually, Tim. Yeah, the, the whole point of like a watcher list is the watcher is great at grinding. He's great at getting as many turns as possible and using those turns to grab models from behind the battle line, grab spear supports, grab banners, grab heroes, grab anything. And the more time you give him to be able to do that, the better you're going to do. So I would recommend just trying to take as many bulky high defense models as you possibly can in order to give the watcher time to do what the watcher needs to do. But I would also definitely agree with Rainier that I think you're going to struggle um, without at least some sort of secondary threat. Because sure, the Watcher is great and all, but sometimes they can just be super unreliable. And then if you lose the Watcher, you're basically screwed. So, I mean, that could be anything. It could be giving the Mouth of Sauron an armored horse. It could be uh, taking like a shag rat or something. And well, actually, Shagrat's a hero of fortitude, so that probably wouldn't work. But what about this, like Evan? Sh- Shagrat for the Taskmaster, because the Taskmaster and the Warg Marauder, I'm looking through right now, Shaggy's yeah. only like 100 points, 115 if you max him out. Yeah, 115. Taskmaster's that, Evan, like 50. 50. Well, what, and so 65 points. Marauder is 30. Um, and then Warhorn's 30, and then you drop the tracker. I just like Shagrat too, because it's like he can get in those little nug like those little tiny like avenues and stuff. Uh, yeah. when you're like condensing, like I don't know. What do you guys think about think, um, and, and I get the uh I get the Shagrat thing, but what do you guys think about a budget wraith instead of the castmaster? You get the two might, you get the minus one for the black Numenorians. Two casters too. And then you have two casters to kind of help out the watcher. Um, and then so, with the bat swarms, I actually think that that's a good idea, but I would probably replace the mouth of Sauron with a wraith instead. So when you look at this list, well, remember, you need do... a hero of valor. So it would have to be a named wraith. Ah, that's right. Cause he's not a, the generics yep. are, mm-hmm. yep. uh, so the reason, well, but, but hear me out. So we're going to put in Shagrat. Oh wait, he's fortitude. Yep. That's right. Shagrat is fortitude. Yeah, so. unfortunately, with the, with the new setup, um, which is really bizarre. But oh, what I'm, if yeah. you just bring in Dalmir with a whole bunch of black and I mean, my my immediate reaction, and that's just me being a Mordor player and being set in my ways, is drop the Warhorn, drop the Warg Marauder, drop maybe some a bit of other guys, and then drop the mouth of Sauron and take the shadow Lord on fell beast. And then you get the, the shooting take the ability to take away shooting with the shadow Lord. You can drop the shields off of the 12 goblins because the only reason you're taking the shields is to deal with bow fire. And then you get a hitter, you get a strong caster. Um, and you, you get all this useful stuff that you get from the shadow Lord. And, uh, well, that's what I would do, but okay. So you're saying drop the Taskmaster, the Trackers, the Warhorn, and the Warhorn Marauder for the Shadow Lord on Fall Beast, right? 
Uh, well, I was saying drop the mouth of Sauron and then oh, the, mouth the War of Horn and the, the Word Marauder for the Wraith on Felbeast. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just feel like the, the mouth of Sauron is not good enough to carry it, whereas I think a Wraith would probably be better for this list overall. Plus it gives you, um, yeah, like just another threat. I like Shagrat, but him being Fortitude kind of throws everything off. And I would yeah. love to actually get... Um, What's his face? The goblin shaman that enrages all the beasts. Um, Druzag. Druzag. I would love if you could take Druzag so that those bat swarms, you know, could be like mini threats on the side. But he, I believe, is also fortitude, right? So that doesn't work either. Well, I mean, it does work because Durber is, is a hero of valor. Um, but you would probably have to replace yeah, if, him. If, on if you points, replaced right? him, then absolutely. Yeah. I mean, actually, I mean. Yeah, Shadowlord yeah, and Felbeast though is interesting because yeah, I like that Felbeast better with the, actually. With the bat swarm, makes him like a you still lot get the benefit of my point, which was to get the minus one and, then, and another mm-hmm. caster. Um, so, and then you get the benefit of a fell beast, of course, and you help with shooting yeah. to mitigate the numbers dying off. And well, yeah, you also um, you get a bit of mobility because one of the weaknesses of the watcher is once he's up, he's basically stationary, right? He doesn't move very fast, so he, you can't spread that threat to a lot of places. So a lot of times you kind of wait for him to pop up and then get out of his threat range, right? But having a flying fell beast around makes that a lot tougher. Here, let's yeah. let's table this discussion for now because. I actually have something. Uh, I have a list that is somewhat similar mechanically to this, mm-hmm. and we can reopen that discussion when we discuss my list. So, how about let's move on to the Moria Warriors? Okay, sure. so so Peter, I think I think we're all in agreement to drop the Ward Marauder, um, maybe change the Orc Trackers into something else, but if not. Um, maybe consider dropping the Mouth of Sauron, the Warhorn, and getting a Shadow Lord on Foul Beast to give you a little bit more hitting power, protection, and give your Black Numenorians the minus one to help them out with people not charging them. Um, well, let us know remember, what the Watcher has Harbinger as well, so that doesn't really oh, that, apply. Okay, that, that, that's true. Yep. Um, so, but let us know uh, if you end up taking it as is, or if you change it to anything we say, and if you use it in a tournament or a game and how it does. Um, we'll move on to the main topic for today, which is the Moria Warriors. So, Rob, if you want to go over the first profile. Yeah, sure. So the first profile is appropriately the Moria Goblin Warrior. Um, and this is a four-point model that has the Goblin, Moria, Infantry, and Warrior keywords. They have a movement of five, a fight value of two, a shoot value of five plus, strength three, defense four, one attack, one wound, and two courage. They come base with an armor and sword and have the option to buy an orc bow, a shield, or a spear. And their special is cave dweller. Oh, I I mean, there's not a tremendous amount to say about this profile. I mean, it's a goblin, right? It's cheap. Um, For five points, you can get a defense five model, which is actually pretty good. Uh, You take them for bulk. They're not really particularly impressive. They get a little bit better when they are within a list uh, with certain heroes that make them better, right? So... You've got um, you've got Groblog, for example, who can make them better fight, etc. But by and large, you got you take these guys just when you need to bulk out your numbers, and they they're useful in a Moria list for that. They're useful when you're trying to ally them in somewhere, and you just need a big warband of cheap troops. Um, 
And I think the, the coolest thing about them is probably that I believe this is the first evil plastic kit released for the game, right? The Moria Goblin Warrior that came in the original starter set. So they are a little bit iconic in that sense. They've been around the longest, but there's nothing super spectacular about them. They're goblins and you expect them to be goblins and they act like goblins, right? Uh, and in that, in that way, they kind of excel in that role because, you know, they're like worse orcs, but they're also cheaper. So... Yeah, I, I I like your 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 quick point on like defense five for five points. Like that's a shield model you can yeah. use to shield, but it's also like a horde that takes a six to kill on shooting with D two yeah. or with strength two. Like that's actually pretty rare. Shockingly, it's actually pretty rare, rare in this game. Yeah. So I do like that sense because you come against like a Moria horde with mm-hmm. sixty or so seventy guys, and you see all these guys come here like I'm gonna mow them down like it's summer lawn but like they don't die in shooting, which is nice. Yeah. I mean, even a strength three model in combat still needs a five or a strength four one, right? Which is only mm-hmm. a third of the time you're killing them. So you're probably winning most of your fights against them at fight two, but they grind you down over time because, you know, for every every kill you get, right? You're, you're going to take at least one kill in return if you're outnumbered enough. And, and um, they're not they're not quite as good at that as say like goblin town just because they don't all have the ability to spear support each other so you have to be a little bit more careful with positioning but they're still cheap d5 on the cheap so yeah i i don't have much to add to this i mean they suck but they're cheap so Mm -hmm. they have they have a lot of uses um just some advice about when you choose to take them uh, either you want to take a lot of these guys or you want to use them as spear supports for more powerful models. Mm-hmm. Like if you're allying, you know, Derbers and 15 of these guys with spears uh, gives you a bunch of really cheap spear supports. Mm-hmm. If you want to sp- support, say, Black Numenorians or Urukai or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and I mean, that's a cheap way to get a lot of numbers in. Other than that, I mean... They're, they're Moria goblins. They're very self-explanatory. A lot of the conversation around them is almost ancillary to other profiles, right? Like this does X and therefore Moria goblin warriors. But on their own as a profile, like you said, they suck, but they good suck. They're the kind of suck you take on purpose, mm-hmm. right? Um, okay, so we'll move on to the next profile. Um, Which sucks. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> going to get it out here. This, yeah, yeah. We're, I, like I, I already told this to everyone on the sucks. podcast earlier. Th- this is my favorite model aesthetically in the game. And mm-hmm. a lot. some people might argue that they in the old edition, they didn't need the Strength 4. I think you were still paying a hefty price for that in consideration. The fact that they're Fight 2. So I don't think they needed to lose the Strength 4. Because now the profile is almost, why would you ever take it except for fun? situation but uh evan if you want to go over the moria black shields yeah moria black shield eight points so just to do a bit of a comparison that is double the price of a moria goblin warrior um they are move five fight two shoot value five up strength three defense six one attack one wound courage three they've got heavy armor sword and a shield they can take a spear for one point and their two special rules are Cave Dweller and Hatred Dwarf. Uh, these guys aren't good. Um, I'm going to say that right now. Uh, if you by chance have ever looked at a Moran and Orc profile in your life, uh, you will realize that they are better in almost every single way. 
Uh, Miranda Norks have one higher fight value and one higher strength value. And the trade-off for that, oh, and they also have one extra move value, which is very important. The difference between move five and move six is huge. And for all of that, all Moria Black Shields get is Courage 3, which isn't awful, but there are both Moria Goblin Shamans and Orc Shamans, so it really doesn't play a huge role. And then for the special rules, he's got Cave Dweller, which is, I mean, it happens maybe once every six games that you use that special rule. And Hatred Dwarf, and correct me if I'm wrong, but there's like four or five dwarf armies in the game. So you're I mean, really not going to be seeing a lot of dwarves. It's, it's a the themed moment. model, like, like, yeah. like yeah. It, which doesn't make sense too, because they sell them in fine cast and you'd imagine they'd want to sell like GW would want to sell them, but they're like, yeah, like let's make this awesome. Like Tim said, his favorite aesthetic. Let's take this awesome aesthetic, this cool thing. Look, they're scary and let's make them irrelevant. <laughs> Well, I think what happened here is that they used to be Gundabad Black Shields, right? And so they represented the Gundabad orcs before the Hobbit movies came out, essentially. And then when actual Gundabad orcs on screen came out and they had to make Gundabad orcs to represent that profile, they're like, well, what do we do with these guys? Let's make a Moria. But then there's no point for them to have like Hatred Elf and then they're too good for Moria. And so they kind of they kind of got lost in the fold a little bit. Um they can't even drop their shield for spear, which means that if you want a spear on that guy, you're paying nine points now, which is outstandingly high for a model that, you know, occasionally hates dwarves that it'll never meet in combat and is a basement dweller. So um, there's not a whole lot of positive to say about these guys. They do have a couple of fringe uses and, you know, the model is exceptional. So if you really love them and you just want to have a theme list by all means, right? But competitively, they're not great. They're yeah. the Oscillius veterans of Moria. Yeah. They're the kind of suck you don't take on purpose. So. Well, at least if you took Oscillius veterans and put them in a different list, they'd probably be good. If you put these guys in a different list, they would be just as bad. Or because, worse, even. <laughs> yes. Like, if you put these in Mordor, they would be totally outclassed. If you put them in Isengard, they'd be totally outclassed. And the problem is... One could argue that their defense six gives them a niche, but because Moria is yellow with literally everybody and the army bonus is situational at best, uh, it's super easy to just throw in a cheap hero of valor and then throw in a bunch of defense six yeah. models that are more points efficient. Yeah, and we, we even just talked about like five points for defense five. Like that's such a budget price that it's like you don't even in a way need defense six in this list yeah. i i have the opinion but, uh, hours. i mean I don't get the... me started on osgiliath veterans i could <laughs> rant about that for hours Uh-oh. uh i mean when i look at the black shields i i have this this opinion I, I know that they probably got rid of the strength four because there were a lot of complaints probably back in the day when people were taking black shields in the front with regular moria goblins behind and they probably wanted to focus more on the regular moria goblins my argument is if you had made them a point cheaper, so they're seven points base, you're more likely to see these. And it's not that they're great, but it's like, okay, there's seven points, eight points for back rank as well. But now if I want to have a front rank, it's seven points. I could have that or a prowler, or it's just a two-point upgrade on my regular Moria Goblin to give me, if you want to get rid of the strength four. But if you just brought back the strength four, I don't think many people would be complaining about this model anymore. Because then yeah, you could have yeah, front rank, yeah. back ranks at rank four. And it, 
it's one key stat. If you just increased it, nobody would have an issue with this model anymore. And people would stop saying, oh, well, it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. It's like, okay, well, now you have a Moranin in your list, but it's still not as good as a Moranin. So, but it's the same point. So it makes it, it's a premium for this list, but it makes them good. So I would, I would like to see them either drop a point or give them their strength back. But that's just myself. Um, we'll move on to the next profile, which is the Moria Goblin Drum. So the drums um, are pretty interesting. Uh, I think most people will try to get a drum in their list, but doesn't mean they always will. Um, so it's 75 points, and it comes with two drum models. So you have the drums, which are movement five, uh, fight two with a five plus shoot value, Strength three, defense four. Oh, I'm sorry, this is the drummers. My apologies, the drummers, not the drum. Um, move five, two, uh, it's basically a Mori Goblin. Um, and the drum is defense 10 with three wounds if you're trying to kill it. Um, they come with Cave Dweller, destroying the drum. It's a passive ability. The drum can be shot at and struck normally and has a defense of 10 and three wounds. If it is reduced to zero wounds, it is destroyed and cannot be played anymore. The drum has no control zone. An enemy model that spends a full turn based contact with the drum without doing anything else, such as shooting, using a magical power, or fighting in combat, may immediately destroy the drum as described above. So if you were able to just get in combat with the, or not get in combat, if you were just to stand next to the drum and do nothing, the drum's destroyed. If you want to actually damage it, it's defense 10 with three wounds. Um, take up the drum. If either of the drummers are slain, they may pass on their war gear to any other unengaged Moria goblins within one inch. Uh, so basically it allows you to replace the drummers in case they got shot out uh, to help out so that you don't just have two models and if one of them dies, you're screwed. You can just keep another goblin within range and it'll replace it. And then finally, um, drums in the deep, which is an active ability, so it can be shut down by magic. Um, for, drum, for the drum to be played, at least one Moria Goblin drummer must have started the turn and base contact with the drum and also not be engaged in a fight. When the drum is being played, it has the following effects. All fights within 18 inches of one or more of the drums that also include at least one friendly Moria Goblin model may re-roll a single D6 for the dual roll. Note that it is not cumulative with other banner effects. And also, all friendly Moria goblins on the battlefield add plus one to their courage value, and the enemies get a minus one to their courage value. And that is also not cumulative with other rules. Um, the drum is a heavy object and should be treated like that. And the drum cannot be played a turn in which it is moved. So essentially what the drum does is it gives you plus one to your courage, minus one to theirs. It gives you a banner of 18 inches. But you have to have a, a Moria Goblin in that fight. It can't be just anything. Um, so yeah, it's it's a pretty good little rule. Um, it gives you a little bit boost of courage in case you didn't have a shaman or something like that, and it also lowers theirs, which is good. Um, but the main reason you take it is for the banner because the the goblins don't have a banner, and it is an eighteen inch banner, so it should if you move it properly, it should um, cover the whole fights of your goblins so that's it's like it's almost like emerhill's banner but you have to keep it within range of the drum itself but obviously it's a heavy object so it's harder to move but you know you just accept that um any other thoughts on that i'll go to rainier first 
Yeah, I think I don't know. A lot of people say it's essential for the list, but I've I don't know. I never take it. I know many people do, which 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 I like, but I don't I don't know. Like it just seems like it boosts your I guess essentially just boosts your Moria horde. Um, makes things scarier. Yeah, like I yeah, that that's what I do. I think it it stacks in a sense with a negative one courage penalty. Like that stacks with things like the watcher, which we went over last week. Um, I'm fairly sure it is non-cumulative, so it does oh, not. Oh, non-cumulative. Oh, yeah. So, Oops, yeah, actually, to, to point this out, there are some, actually quite a few anti-synergies with the drum, especially the the courage part about it, because the minus one courage is completely, almost completely invalidated uh, by having any of the big monsters of Moria, mm-hmm. because a lot of them have Harbinger of Evil, um, and the plus one courage is almost completely negated by either one, the Balrog or two, a Moria goblin shaman. Uh, yeah, I, I think so essentially really, really you're paying just, for the banner. It's just like a, like a battlefield wide banner. I know, like we say, like it, it's, you can still move it too. So like that, that's a good thing about an 18 inches doing a full circle like that's that's basically the whole battlefield so i don't know like it's 75 points for a banner it doesn't even count towards vp points so in my opinion i never take it just because i find myself wanting something that hits harder or like evan said like you have things that are terrifying and already have harbinger so why would you semi like bring it to make things scarier so yeah i don't know it just seems like yeah you bring it maybe if you just bring a horde of goblins and some cave trolls like 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 a cool theme list, I guess it would be, and quite effective in that themey sense. Yeah, I think theme is really the main thing that drives you to take this. That and the specific uh, Balrog Legendary Legion, where it does count as a banner. Um, if you're not themey, then uh, spend the extra forty points. Take Suladan on a horse, and he's got a six-inch banner, which is obviously not eighteen inches but it is usually far enough for whatever you need. Uh, he's got three might. He's on a horse. He gives you an additional hitter, and he can lead a bunch of fight for spear supports, which can be helpful for your mainly low fight Moria army. And he just offers a whole lot more than the drum in most ways. But obviously, if you would prefer to take a pure Moria list, then this is your only way to get a banner in there. So consider it. I think um, one of the problems I have with this model in general is that it only affects Moria goblins. If it actually affected some of the various like monsters that you can take in the um, in the army, I think it would be a lot better to get rerolls for some of those you know big beasties but it doesn't. And so that kind of limits its utility. And for the points, you could essentially, if you just wanted to do a one-for-one swap, you could take a troll. And I think that a troll is probably going to kill more than a couple rerolls on common goblins that are really there just to be speed bumps anyway. So it's not a huge value added from a competitive standpoint. Um, That said, I did take one in the list I wrote for today. And so we can cover why I did later. But I mean, on net as a competitive piece, uh, I agree that it's probably a pass. And this one is probably even more of a pass because of the next profile, which is another version of it, right? Which I think might be a little bit better. So, All right, Rainier, if you want to go over the Black yeah. Shield drummer. So the more Black Shield drummers 
is basically an alternative version of this more mobile version comes with two drummers and one drum um, basic profile for the drummers are fight two strength or fight two strength three d5 one one three so one plus more courage they have heavy armor and clubs and one of them carries the drum so it's kind of if you see the picture of it it's kind of cool it looks like you have this guy ready to like play like at a blue man concert <laughs> on the back of his friend so so oh yeah, so, i want to paint them blue so, so bad now <laughs> oh gosh you should oh my god oh man and then you could just just take off what's his face dalmir's head because it's bald and it's just like normal and just put his head on all of them and just paint them blue so anyways back to our weird conversions um run and drum so back to the more um mobile force the drum is considered be- to be playing as long as the drummer and the drum bearer are in base contact with each other so you run them together doom doom instead of drums in the deep doom doom all fights within 12 uh of one or more drums that include at least one friendly mori goblin model may reroll a single d6 for their dual roll so it's it's not cumulative with any other effects with banners all friendly goblin models on the battlefield add one plus to their courage and all enemy models suffer negative one penalty to their courage. So basically the same thing, but 12 inches instead of 18. It's mobile, so I don't know which one's better. Uh, take up the drum is another special rule. If either the drummer or the drum bearer is slain, they may pass on their war gear to any other unengaged Moria Black Shield within one inch. And you immediately replace it. So the sucky thing is you're going to have to take more of those crap black shields if you do want to keep this um going so i don't i don't know i guess like a quick debate on which one is better so rob you mentioned this one i would actually say the other one's better because it's harder to kill and i love playing crossbows and i don't mind the idea of just moving it wherever i want to want to play it but yeah i don't know what do you guys think I think that one, the black shield has it where it's like, oh, shoot. It's unfortunate you have to take more black shields to kind of make it work. But I do think the fact that it's movable makes it more worth it. Because if you were stuck in one place, and I know we've, we've talked about this on other podcasts or on previous podcasts where we kind of go back and forth between this and, and the, the, they're both useful. I, I think I'd probably end up preferring the black shield, take, extra black shields with it um and because you can move it around you can keep it close to your army so you can keep it protected um but also if you need it to go somewhere for whatever the reason you can and then you can still keep the effects within 12 inches so i think i'd like the ability to move it and just take an extra couple of black it, it seems like it does fit because we talked about the, ri- the original one is more traditional sense thematic sense this one seems like it fits with all those monsters that we talked about last time because they are mobile and like watchers going to pop out of nowhere. Drakes are going to be going all over the place. Like dragging. And even though it's not that much of an improvement, the, the extra defense will help against regular shooting to let, not that's help true. them die as easily. So yeah, that's, that's just my opinion. Yeah. That's, that's kind of broadly where I'm at Tim as well. I mean, comparing the two, they're not massively better than each other, but I think that in game utility, I like the mobility of it a little more. Uh, if I'm taking it at all, uh, it used to be, if I remember correctly, that they were not the same points, right? Um, so you would no, always take they, one or the other. They, but now they were the same, same points. points. Yeah, but they but were 100. The Moria Black Shield drum was just better in every single way. So everybody yeah. took that. Yeah. Um, now there is an actual argument for which one you take. 
Mm-hmm. And I think it really depends on two things. One, the model count of the armies that you expect to be playing against. And two, how spread out you think you're going to play. Because if you are playing against larger armies and you're playing more spread out, I think the original Moria Goblin Drum is better because it has that 18-inch range and can affect more combats. If you're going to play more clumped up together, 12 inches is a perfectly fine range. And I mean, therefore, this is probably just the better option in that case. So it depends, honestly, in my opinion. Well, the the mobility also... Um, comes into play with like maelstrom too right when you just you have no choice but you have to move so i i think i think there's there's two tactics to be considered with this as well one is if you keep the drum back further it forces your opponent to get behind your line and, and w- not necessarily waste time but spend time going to your drum and so that's something to consider is that if you keep it far you have the 18 inch range but it also forces them to go get that if they want to disable that um, but the, another reason why I, I consider the Black Shield is majority of the time you are going to your opponent. So I think having the drum be able to move with you while you go to your opponent is also more helpful. But I think the ability to force your opponent to kind of go back to get the drum as well is also a little cool thing. Um, but I guess that kind of covers the drums. Um, we'll move into the next profile. So Rob, if you want to go over the Prowler. Yeah, sure. So the Moria Goblin Goblin Prowler, it's a seven-point model uh, Goblin Moria Infantry Warrior. It has a five-inch move, a fight of three, and a shoot of four plus. Strength three, defense four, one attack, one wound, and two courage. It comes with armor, a two-handed axe, and throwing daggers, and has the Cave Dweller special rule that they all get, and backstabbers. Um, I actually really like these guys. They're a... Having played against them a lot, they're always a nasty little surprise when they kind of pop in. Now, I don't think that you go overboard on them because they are still defense for goblins. But one, they're kind of like a little Swiss army knife of the Moria list where they can kind of bring every little trick that you can have on one model into the into the fight and the fact that they're fight three and um being in moria they can get to fight four that's really your only source of fight four fight in the five list. or fight five yeah um which is actually pretty outstanding uh throwing weapons or throwing daggers are always useful whether it's you know in an evil army where you can throw into your own combats and if you have the option to kill a horse or a goblin, you always don't care if you kill the goblin. But at defense five, you know, you usually don't worry about that anyway. Uh, backstabbers is also really great because since they're always two-handing, which is a weakness, but since they're always two-handing, when if you piercing strike and get into the right combat where their fight shoots up and they're getting like plus two to wound and they're probably strength four or higher, they can pack a really nasty little punch and they're on a small base. So they're, if you're good at positioning, they're really good at getting into, you know, places that you want them. So I actually rate these guys fairly highly. I think that as a little like cruise missile goblin, they work really well. Uh, Again, I don't think you like super, super spam them, but they're definitely very handy to have, uh, especially in the late game as you start outnumbering and getting more of those trap fights where they just really come into their own. So uh, I would always sprinkle some into a list that is heavy on goblins. Obviously, if you're doing kind of like a monster mash or something, they become a little bit less relevant. But for an army that's usually not killing a lot of stuff, these guys are pretty handy to have. 
Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Like everything you hit, I think these are one of the only, if the only models that I would actually prioritize to take who have two-handed and no burly. Because mm-hmm. just the idea of like, we talked about over the black shields, like they don't do anything with the army. These guys do do something for the army. And I mentioned fight five, because if you tack them on with the plus one to fight with the pure, pure Moria goblin lit mm-hmm. or the whatever ally matrix and then you add groblog oh that's right yeah yeah groblog <laughs> the mithril crown three inches these guys are fight five with backstabbers and throwing weapons like that that that's insane like these guys give me corsair vibes yeah, like, right <laughs> like and, and you need that and then like even if they die like oh it's seven, seven points but if they get through like they're gonna kill stuff the throwing weapons will wound things like on an off chance so like if you have these guys sprinkled into your little moria horde like it's just a little, little tiny, like, oh, like one, two extra points per Amoria, like body, like to get all that, like sign me up. Like it's pretty good. Yeah. hundred percent. So, yeah, I, oh, here, go ahead, Tim. Well, I was just going to say with the, with the prowlers, I like anything with throwing weapons. And I think something in this list where you can spam out throwing weapons, <laughs> Corsair Rainier. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he traumatized him. <laughs> there's a certain person here who loves spamming throwing weapons with a but you know it'd be nice well, because i, throw I, I think throwing back. weapons are like useless unless you bring like 80 yeah of course <laughs> yeah but everyone who has them brings 80 so yeah <laughs> <laughs> but I, I i like i like the throwing weapons i like the increase to fight value if you and with the army bonus if you keep the army bonus i mean the ability to get plus two i think it's the only model in the game if i'm correct that can go plus two to wound um is there yes so they are the i'm fairly sure the only model in the entire game that can auto wound something Uh, bulg can get close if he's fighting against an elf with defense three because he wounds on two ups re-rolling ones but what these guys can do is they can piercing strike up to strength four strike against something that's defense two which is either one sigurd or tilda or two something that has also piercing struck and lost its defense. And then they wound on threes and get plus two to wound from backstabbers in the two-handed X. So they wound on one pluses. Would this ever be useful? No. If you trap a defense two or three model, it's dead anyways. It doesn't matter. But you could do this. So, yeah. Now, now what, wait, what about Dunlending in the Legendary Legion? Uh, yeah, I think that's actually possible. Uh, if you're playing well, if you're playing like against hatred Rohan, and they piercing strike, and they we're, get we're low like, what's enough. the most gimmicky, gimmicky, gimmicky? I way guess to if kill you something. take a Rohan yeah, warrior you, with an axe and no shield, yeah. If you though, so, good call, for you. <laughs> if you call the Thryden special, I build rule, my list to fight that. Strike against a Rohan warrior that has piercing struck down to defense three. Well, actually, it has to be... No, defense three is fine because uh, Dunlendings can piercing strike. Uh, so, yeah, you can auto-wound a Rohan warrior with Like I'm going to surround that one Rohan warrior and just use that that special rule just to kill him like eight times, eight auto-wounds. Yes. Now is four. the time, boys. <laughs> now, exactly, again, exactly. this has no competitive use because wounding something on threes or twos I mean, you're going to wound them anyways. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I think something that's defense seven, defense six, though, 
the ability to wound them on threes or uh, fours. I mean, that can't be understated enough for a model to get two strikes with uh, fours to wound. I mean, that that against yeah. any hero, that's terrifying, to be honest. Or a dwarf battle line, because you go up against dwarves yep, right. and you're like, okay, my monsters are going to kill the dwarves. My bodies are just going to be there to be there. But these guys, it's like, okay, like, random little like freckles in my bot and like my my army horde is going to actually like pierce through it like grab some freckles guys like dude <laughs> i mean i um i i've never personally done this but i hear some people like to play with fountain court guard and if they did <laughs> they would be very afraid when um these goblins get into combats with them so and the fact that they don't, kill, I, don't, I don't i don't think anyone takes it but like what are they called because they're so rare Fountain Court hordes. Shoot, it sounds weird me just saying those words. Yeah, I don't. It's together. it's a really but if they did take concept. it like this would this would. I mean, happen. honestly, like anyone who takes Fountain Court guards, like I mean, I just I just hate you because you just play the cheesiest models and it's just defense seven and fight five with Boromir. Man, who would do such a horrible thing? It's terrible. Terrible, terrible thing. Mm-hmm. Well, Rob, you said you you said you you might know someone. Do you know who who is that person by chance? I, I see, this is going to be awkward. I can't remember um, passing I played someone. Really, <laughs> I played someone with that specific list in Virginia. Mm. All I remember was well, it's a good yeah. thing that my byline says Washington D.C., which is nowhere near Virginia, as we all that's, know. There so, we go. That's true. Yeah, that's so. true. you're all the way on the but west. Coast. You know what? That jerk is out there somewhere, and he fears the prowler. So. Is it that is it that guy from Devin's earlier? What, what was the name of that guy? Okay, fine, yeah. it's me. You caught me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, somehow, uh, a goblin prowler automatically murdering a defenseless little girl is the most morious, though. So, true. great. <laughs> uh, Evan, if you want to move into the bath swamp, well, Evan and I are going to switch because. I do not want to tackle that Warg Marauder. So I'm going to kind of throw him under the bus. And if anyone, yeah, I, I messaged him. I was like, Evan, can you um, please save me the embarrassment? Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, Rainier, if you want to go over the Bat Swarm then. Oh, yeah, sure. I'll do it. So, so, so the Bat Swarm is 35 points. He's a Bat Infantry Warrior model. Uh, movement of three, but we'll get to that. Fight one, uh, strength three, defense three, two attacks, four wounds, courage two. His war gear is claws and teeth, so he scratches and he bites. Um, the special rule, though, is fly. So 12 inches, um, which you'll usually see him doing flying all over the place. Now, the special rule that he gets, which is very relevant to this army, is when he's in base contact. Oh, let me see. The fight value of any enemy model engaged in combat with a bat swarm is halved rounding down. So this guy is like a flying ring. <laughs> like it's, it's crazy. And like, of course, right off the bat, you're going to think, oh, interesting. Tag this guy with the watcher, tag this guy's with the monsters, blah, blah, blah. But you can even tag this guy with Durberts and Groblog who can have heroic strike. And it is a menace. Um, I see a lot of people allying in so many things. It also kind of combines with, you can ally in the spider queen, throw them in Durberts, from this list uh don't be enraging spider queen enrage the bat and the bat will just claw something to death yep um yeah so he's basically in my opinion an essential an essential for this list i bring at least one possibly two uh we're not even like i didn't even mention also um objective game he can go fly four wounds so he's not going to be shot out that fast 
and he is just yeah i think he's essential for the list yep. yeah he's great this is this is the best model in the entire moria list hands down mm-hmm. um it it just does so much for 35 points uh i'm still not entirely sure why they round down the fight value it goes against like every other fight value having rule but they do and it's something you can take advantage of uh they synergize with all the monsters they synergize with all the other heroes you can you can either ally them from the Moria list or from the Dark Denizens of the Mer- of Merkwood list into basically any list and use them to support the powerful heroes from the other lists. Um, they're so versatile, so fast with the fly. You can use them as objective grabbers. They do basically everything, and uh, it's ridiculous just how useful they are. But There are a couple things you need to keep in mind. Number one, their defense three. Uh, Despite the fact that they have four wounds, I have seen these guys get shot out by just a bunch of elf bowmen. Just like one turn, just pop because they wound them on fours. So be careful with them. Don't just send them blindly into archers. Two from mega heroes that are like, yeah, I'm just going to charge you on a horse and just kill you. Like, screw it. So like, I wouldn't, isolate this sucker like he is very much part of a tag team assassination squad. yes i mean they're fight one they they can't fight on their own even with the having fight value they're tying with fight two models um so really this this model works best when combining with another model it's like the ultimate support piece mm-hmm. and the fact that it flies too so that you can fly it over and get those traps wherever you want them on the top of the effect is so nasty yeah. so it's, it's it's like the old uh fell beast kind of like boom your transfix or compelled like mm-hmm. this is just a flying transfix compelled yeah. machine um and you can't really resist it so i think the um the biggest drawback is after this last year nobody wants to see another bat ever again so they might disappear from the competitive scene but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but, I mean, and to be fair, I mean, you'll see these guys allied all the time, especially all, all whether the that time. be under with the with this um, with the Spider Queen and, and her warband, or you know, just even adding a Goblin Captain or let's say Derbers, because you have to have the you, you'll find a Bat Swarm in a, in a lot of lists, and you'll you'll see people trying to fit them in if they can. Uh, it is an incredibly annoying model to go against. Uh, if you can take them, try to take two. I'd say if you can take at least two, because they are annoying. Um, we'll move on to... Oh, I, I want to just cover one more thing about them, and that they are Courage 2. So if you don't have Druze Hag, uh, you hate terror models. Um, so, you know, Glorfindel or a Wraith or something like that, you're not reliably going to be able to charge them. And that sometimes can really destroy your plans. And sure, there are Courage 4 with Druze Hag, and you can cast Fury and make them auto-pass Courage tests. But Druze Hag is very expensive. He's 90 points, and you're not always going to be able to fit him in, especially in alliances. So keep that in mind when you're playing them. Uh, We'll move on to what most people considered the most broken model in the game in the old edition. Um, and it's been nerfed a little bit, but it's still a very strong model uh, in today, 
Um, but Evan, if you want to go over the Warg Marauder. Yes. So the Warg Marauder um, is just a ridiculous model in concept and in execution. It is three goblins atop one Warg. Uh, it is 30 points. So, so the profile for the Moria Goblin is exactly the same. Move five, fight two, strength three, uh, shoot value five up. That is actually important in this. Um, defense four, one attack, one wound, courage two. A warg is just a warg profile. Move 10, fight three. Strength four, defense four, one attack, one wound, courage two. So a warg marauder is an interesting cavalry model in that it has three Moria goblins riding upon a single warg, one with a shield and two with a bow. This model is treated the same as any other cavalry model with the following exceptions. Whilst the goblin with a shield is still alive and mounted upon the warg, all parts of the cavalry model gain the bonus of plus one to their defense. So warg goes up to defense five. Moria goblins with bows go up to defense five as well. And the Moria goblin with shield goes up to defense six. Um, a warg marauder only counts as one model towards an army's bow limit, despite the fact that it has two bowmen. And then the war gear is armor, sword, neither shield or orc bow for the Moria goblins and claws and teeth for the warg. So it has two special rules. The first one is on the hunt. Uh, from the back of their warg, the goblins of Moria are able to fire their bows in the hope of providing their canine transport with some much desired flesh. A warg marauder can always fire an orc bow shot for each goblin with an orc bow. That would be two of them that is alive upon the back of the warg, even if it has moved its full movement or is engaged in a fight. So you are going to be hitting on sixes, but you will be able to fire two shots. The second special rule is lethal union. Whilst the goblins remain mounted upon the warg, the entire model gains the terror special rule and adds a bonus of plus one to its courage value, so up to courage three. Additionally, in combat, a warg marauder may make an additional attack for each goblin after the first that is still mounted upon the warg, so long as they did not shoot, shoot during the shoot phase. So, that is a whole lot of stuff for this guy. But basically what, what it means is you have a fight three cavalry model with three attacks and four on the charge and just courage three, defense five, strength four, um, and it causes terror and stuff like that. So it does a whole lot of stuff. And uh, there are a couple of problems with this model. Uh, number one is uh, a stiff breeze will just completely destroy it. It's the definition of a glass cannon. And unfortunately, in this case, it is more glass than cannon. Uh, Sorceress Blast, Call Winds, Nature's Wrath, anything like that will just complete neg completely negate all the bonuses and just drop uh, your three goblins on the ground and uh, your warg might run away. Uh, hurls, absolutely murder these guys. So you really, really need to be careful with them. Uh, other stuff, uh, they 
they obviously hit extremely hard. Uh, strength four with four attacks is uh, nothing to look away from, but they are fight three. So, you know, they charge into one random elf or dwarf. The dwarf shields and rolls a six. Oh, oh well, you lost the entire combat. But there are quite a few good things about this model, one of which is the weird interactions it can have in scenarios like Reconnoiter, uh, where you can basically take the, take the entire model, run up to the board edge, dismount, and then have all of your goblins and your warg run off the board, giving you four points. So I personally would recommend, they're not an essential part of the list, but I would recommend maybe taking one. Don't take a lot of these guys because they can die very quickly. Yeah, right. I, I like I like they're they're kind of like if you want to keep the bolt like Moria is a horde army, so if you want to continue with that, have something that hits pretty hard or has the potential of hitting pretty hard, as Evan said, the glass cannon effect, and still keep a lot of a lot of uh, numbers. Do it. I even like the idea of adding him and combining him with a bat swarm. Or doing these different weird combos like dismounting and rage the work just just a whole bunch of weird things but i just the problem with them that i find is there's so many options in moria and by the time that i get to him i'm like i'm already full like i've had enough <laughs> like like I'd, I'd rather just put something else in the list because it's it's too much but i do think they have like a good place in the list i've seen players play them even in the new edition and have quite a lot of success with them and i mean 30 points for all that that's still not that not that bad yeah i don't i don't i don't, I don't know it is it is interesting well yeah, i think um the only thing that drives me crazy about them is just there are so many rules to remember playing with and against mm-hmm. them that it's just like it feels like you're taking a math test trying to figure <laughs> out what they do every turn which um which just kind of drives me nuts and so that's why i would avoid them personally but i think they do have uses especially they're another you know target to enrage and the reconnoiter trick i had never heard of that's actually pretty clever um assuming you can you know keep the warg around but yeah i mean i think you sprinkle them for sure but you don't spam them yeah. like you used to they, they, they remind me of like the beast of gorgoroth in a way like something that hits you can shoot like multiple bows that like never never actually hit anything but you can shoot <laughs> shoot a ton even shoot while you're in combat yeah. but they're like hmm the beast of gorgoroth simple hmm, warg marauder let's make this so complicated right like like it's it's like oi like like it's so complicated that people are like please please don't even faq it like yeah. it's all we can handle yeah. Well, and then you're like, so what stats does it have again? Like, which goblin is where? Like, is the does the warg have an Easterling helmet? Like, you know, it's all over the place. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, There's the a problem, signal tower on it. Huh? Yeah. The, the problem is last edition, they tried to make them simple, and they ended up creating an absolutely overpowered profile mm-hmm. that yeah. basically... It was a cavalry model that could not lose its mount, which is just as broken in theory as it was in practice. Uh, I don't know if like the goblins were glued to the warg or something, but yeah, it could be knocked prone and stand back up and still go on. It's it's that poor guy that like ties himself to the bowl as it's like riding (laughs) and you're like, dude, just let go. He's like flailing like a dead body, but it's because he literally like strapped himself to the bowl. And once the bowl is finally just tired, you just see the dead cowboy. (laughs) 
Well, I think the only that... difference is that Cowboys probably still a better shot than the Goblins on the work, but probably. <laughs> and the the other issue as well was the fact that you you could do damage to this work. So you have a mount that can't lose its mount. It has so many wounds, but it doesn't affect the attacks. Mm-hmm. And you know you can charge it into a hero, and you genuinely don't care if you lose. Like you yeah, this this this, this like was the solo. I don't care if I lose the last He's edition. not dying. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame Definitely. we don't have Mick on here because I think he used to play armies with like twelve of these guys yeah. or something. I was just going to talk like about that. armies like that. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I remember hearing, I remember hearing a list one time, person, and I think this this was in the old edition where I don't think their bow. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think their bows counted towards the limit back then as well. I I think they may have counted as one model towards the bow limit. One model. Okay, so so I think I heard someone take a list. It was at like. I think it was 800 points and they ended up taking like 36 regular goblins and then they took 12 marauders Mm -hmm. and then you have 20 moving shots that can go up at all times. You had 20 models that basically can't die. You charge into one section of a person's army, destroy it, move on to the next, to the next. And then it's like, Mm -hmm. you you just had zero chance of doing anything because you can't fight off 12 orc marauders attacking at the same time. Um, yeah, no, they, they've definitely been nerfed and, and for the better. What, what I'll ask real quickly before we move on to the next profile, when would you guys use this model? Because I know we've talked that, Rainier has said as well, that there's so many good things that it, it just gets left out. Is there a moment where you would be like, actually, I want to work Marauder in my list for this specific When it's high points, like, why not? Like, like, we talked about the Prowler's use, and many people use a Prowler as a flanker. Like, I really still like the Morg Marauder as a flanker. Something get, to hit the edges uh what is it let me go over this real quick like you knock something down like that sucker's gonna die mm-hmm. usually because you're going in with strength four from the warg so in a way it works as that like kind of prowler just you can bring like four prowlers for cheaper than it so that's kind of where i'm like hmm, four prowlers for cheaper plus four throwing weapons plus backstabbers like potential fight five what we all talked about like that's where I drop them once I start like actually like competitively because we're talking competitively in a fun tournament. I'll bring one or two of these guys because why not? Mm-hmm. But if you're taking like an optimized list, I just find myself dropping them for the prowlers because it's spread out. One of these, like Evan said, knocks down like boom, sorcerer's blast. There he goes. Like mm-hmm. there goes four worth of a prowler. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. They also take forever, like in a competitive setting where there's a time limit where it's like, I have to randomize horse or rider. Then I have to randomize goblins. Then I have to do this. And so it just almost gets distracting sometimes. Okay. Um, we'll move on to the penultimate profile. Um, I love this model so much. Uh, this is the dweller in the dark. Um, it's basically the way to describe it. If you haven't seen it before, it looks like a mini Balrog. Um, but it is a warrior model. It is 75 points, so it's relatively cheap But for a monster. He is fight seven, which I think is a huge stat for him being fight seven. He's strength five, so not as high as usual with monsters, but still not bad by any means. Defense five is where he gets a little shaky. He does have three attacks. He does have three wounds, and he is courage seven. And for evil, something being courage seven is almost never happening. Um, he is resistant to magic as well, 
So you don't have to worry as much about magic with him. And he has terror. He also has an active power called Murderous Power. Uh, whenever he slays an enemy in combat, he regains a single wound lost earlier in the battle. Rend is the only brutal power tech that allows a dweller to regain wounds. So it's, it's I and correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's the only model that has the ability to regain wounds that is specifically a warrior model. Um, so it's it's a fight seven bal, mini Balrog at, at strength five with three attacks and three wounds. And in case you took a wound, if you kill two more models, well, you're back up to full health again. Now, it does have the ability to get killed, obviously, in one swoop because it is defense five with three wounds. But if you keep it in good places, it can do a ton of damage to troops. The ability to hurl, the ability to just kill anything. I mean, you you don't care about Guard of the Gladrum Court. You don't care about anything fight six. It's all about fight seven with this thing. Um, I actually really like the Dweller, but the problem that a lot of people have, obviously, is the defense. Um, yeah, he, he he looks like a mini Belrog, but he reminds me more of a mini Golivar. Okay, in the sense right, that that you can shoot him out really quick, and you can flash kill him with like an Aragorn or something like Stroke Strike, take him out and whatnot. But I do like what you said. Like you put him in the right place, he does a lot of damage, uh, a lot of damage. Even like we talked about back to the bat, like him in the bat, like wow, like that negates the hero coming in flash killing him and stuff i do want to point out as well he is a spirit so he can be banished um Mm -hmm. so for anyone with galadriel lady of light that's everyone with galadriel just everyone (laughs) yeah everyone so basically you can't take him because everybody takes galadriel and he'll die from a channel version Mm -hmm. um (laughs) but yeah so he is a spirit unfortunately which means that galadriel can banish him he don't he has claws and teeth for war gear as well so he can't be shattered in case anybody was trying to do that to him. Um, yeah, I think it's a good profile. I, I think there are obvious weaknesses is why you don't see him as often. But yeah. I think he, I, I think if you were to use him correctly, he could be devastating. But I think the, I, the weaknesses overweigh the strengths to where in a competitive setting you would not take him. Yeah, and, it, and it's all about compare and contrast. So it's like he is good like for what he has. Mm-hmm. But then for me, I'm like, hmm, Derbert's and some cheap models that can be as good or better than this if you enrage them. So Durbert's and some bat swarms, of course that's more expensive than him, but then you have like bat swarms that can negate, help with the strike, help with the monsters, or you can enrage them if that makes sense. Plus they fly 12 inches. Spiders can go 12 inches being enraged um, where this guy is kind of like a soft, he seems at least like a soft Belrog because the eight inches is great, but, He's usually going to be with your infantry horde and they go five inches and you don't want to throw him in front of everything because he'll be shot out. So of course there's a place for him, I think, but just when you're comparing him to other things, I find myself not really competitively taking him. Yeah. yeah I think um, a long line of Moria models with giant wings that don't fly, right? That's a problem yeah. that limits the mobility. It's a pain I, um, for me. <laughs> I do. A friend of mine actually at 800 points for the fun runs the Balrog with five of these. And I don't think it's amazing, but it looks amazing. (laughs) And when that hits your line, you feel it, right? (laughs) Okay. And his Um, base too, his uh, base is so cool. Yeah. Like, 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 I don't know what they're doing when they're making 
all these fine cast models that are like, let's make all their bases. Gotta love the little skull. Gotta love the yeah. Little skeleton and they're, the they're like, then let's just make these prices way unbearable. And uh, yeah, continue to make fine cast. That sucks. But anyways. <laughs> and let's yeah, make those this, ankle this is... joints as thin as possible. Yeah. You know the sword? Let's make it a twig and break every time. <laughs> this is almost like the inverse of your classic monster model because it doesn't have the move six, which everybody hates. It's got fight seven, which um, <clears throat> is the same as something like a mortar troll, but is better than a cave troll, notably. Um, it's got courage seven, which usually monsters struggle with courage stuff. So being courage seven is great. And it's got resistant to magic. Monsters struggle with magic. And it can even regain wounds. The problem <clears throat> is, one, it's strength five, <clears throat> which isn't good. It means that if it goes up against maybe a strength five hero, uh, it's not going to be able to do any brutal power attacks, really. Um, and it's not going to be able to hurl as far. And also it's defense five, so it's super squishy. Usually monsters are high strength and high defense, and this guy isn't. So it's really, it's a trade-off to take this guy. Yeah, it, for some odd reason, he reminds me of discussions around a Hasharan in the sense that he kills troops really well, but he has all these special rules that could potentially go up against heroes. But if you lose a strike off to a hero, you're definitely dead. So you're not going to throw him against heroes. So he's kind of caught in that middle ground. And we even compare him to a cave troll, like his fight's better. He's faster. There's all these things, but just that strength. Mm-hmm. And then even the defense too, like you probably would see more cave trolls because of that. Okay. Um, if we want to move into the last profile, Rob, if you want to go over the cave troll. Yeah. Speaking of, right. So the last profile and one that is, <clears throat> in my opinion, um, about as iconic as the goblin itself for this list is the cave troll. Um, it is a it is a troll. It's a monster, seventy five points. Has a movement six, fight six, shoot five plus, which for this model is actually relevant. Strength six, defense six, three attacks, three wounds, three courage. It comes um, with a spear base, which is actually kind of interesting and has the option to either take a troll chain which is a throwing weapon with a three inch range and a strength of five or a hand and a half hammer and its special rules are terror throw stones and burly so it is i mean it's a troll uh it's weaker than its mordor cousins it's got less fight uh i believe less strength Uh, But it is cheaper and it does come with that burly two-hander, which is very useful because it kind of mitigates uh, any lower strength that it would have. Uh, A lot of the a lot of the things that I would say about this, I think Evan, you covered with the dweller, right? It's got all of the kind of weaknesses that monsters generally have. Um, If there is a strength for this troll compared to some others, it is that moria has so many cheap troops that you can get a couple of these and still have the bodies which is actually really nice and they are pretty good at hitting stuff and making making it stay down permanently so i think that if i'm playing more fluffy i would take these guys because i think they're super cool for the list i think competitively it's a little more dicey and a lot of that also has to do with the fact that when you take a cave troll you're probably taking two or none right because 
two's a threat, one's a liability kind of thing. But by that point, uh, at that point, you could get some of the bigger monsters in Moria that are probably more useful uh, overall. So I think it's a super iconic profile. I love the model. Uh, uh, it's on a smaller base than most trolls, so it can fit places that some of the um, bigger base trolls can't. But um, I'd still kind of maybe give it a, a C plus competitively. So like you, you do see it, but it's not an auto take by any means in the list. Um, yeah. What do you guys think? I, th I think you got it. Like I was thinking the whole time and you got it you, at the last part, the base size mm -hmm. is what makes it uh, viable because you are going to bring him with a whole bunch of goblin, mm -hmm. goblin models. And like, it's that horde aspect. And if you had a big base size, it's kind of hard to yeah. navigate it or make it actually worth it. So I, I don't know. I just, I'm a big fan also of just the generic movie, like drum mm -hmm. one or two of them and a whole bunch of goblins possibly. Oh, like it's just, and bat because why not because i don't make it better but like like yeah i i like him a lot in that sense and i know we even had debates him or the drum in a previous episodes i would take him over the drum just because he does that. have that and it's like boom like if you have a whole bunch of things in your list why not 75 points like that's mm -hmm. and then you throw him in the list and he destroys troops uh, can take out a hero um, heroes aren't going to kill him right off the bat shooting's not going to kill him right off the bat it's it's not also something that an opponent at a 800 list 800 point uh tournament would decide hey i'm going to take all my mega heroes 30 300 points worth and put them all to take this cave troll that 75 points like he just blends in like in a way with all the monsters um yeah but i like him um of course take the hand and half hammer because that burly will make him kill everything. People talk about half troll battle lines with Mahood. I want to take these guys with these guys supporting with a spear. Just a full battle line of trolls with trolls supporting, because why not? <laughs> no. I, I no, do but, like the spear because that fight six support is actually you might not expect yeah. it, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you yeah, you can bigger bases support smaller bases, right? Yeah. And it's it's equal or lower, right? So yeah, so it's mm -hmm. like you have this random goblin. You're like, yeah, he's fight six. Like, <laughs> but the the troll chain is something that a lot of people kind of discuss whether to bring or not. I like the idea because it's just like, eh, give him a throwing weapon. Like, why not? But what do you guys think of that? Um, I'd say no, honestly. Yeah, I'd say no. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the problem you know what, guys, is... get out of here. <laughs> oh, oh no. <clears throat> well. I'm like, I think I take it. What do you guys think? And you're like, ah, oh, it sucks. Get out of it. <laughs> Shoot value five up. And sure, it's strength five, but its range is three inches and it costs five points. Like normally yeah, you're paying two points goblins. for a throwing now, now weapon that you guys and say you're hitting like, on oh, fours. Sure, yeah. No, but yeah, you're right. I don't know. Just like that iconic when he's like whips it at, whips it at Legos yeah. in the movie. Like, you know what so though? He did miss though, so. That, that, that troll chain is one of those options where you've got five points hanging. You're already at your war band limits. Throw it in there, right? Yeah, it's if, not yeah, going to hurt it's, you. It's the you don't prioritize it, debate. but you know why not, mm -hmm. right? If yeah, you're... it's the bow on Soledad debate, like you know what, <laughs> yeah. like why not just give them a bow? Like what the heck? And then yeah. I kind of love that it's like a troll Rambo with like a spear and a hammer, and then like this chain it throws around, right? It doesn't lose any of those <laughs> yeah. options. So. You got to put a bandana on, them, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if it's it's one goblin, so obviously if you're taking a super competitively optimized list, you're not going to take this. But if you take it, whatever, doesn't really matter. 
you might kill one guy every five or six games and then you'll be happy. Um, but yeah, the spear is an interesting gimmick, but pay the five points, take the hand and a half hammer and, uh, you're hitting harder than a normal Mordor troll. There you go. It's, it's a really interesting and strong option. And yeah. Um, I think that concludes the Moria section. Um, so I guess we'll move on to list reviews. So Evan, if you want to give your list review first. Um, okay, I'll do that. Um, so this is actually going to be a list that is very similar conceptually to the list that we reviewed. So in my army, I have Warband number one is the Shadow Lord on horse with 15 Black Numenorians. Warband number two is Suladan on horse with two Haradrim warriors with bows and spears and two Serpent Raiders. And then in Warband number three is Durbers with one Bat Swarm, 11 Moria Goblins with spears, three Moria Goblins with spears and shields. And then in Warband number four is the Watcher in the Water. So there are some very similar things between this list and the one we reviewed. By the way, this is 800 points. Um, but there are some differences. Uh, number one, uh, it's got 38 models. So it's a little smaller, but I don't really mind that. I'm used to playing small lists. And it has the Shadow Lord on horse who can use his magical powers to support the Watcher. One of the most useful ones is actually Transfix because the Watcher hates playing against models with heroic defense because then he can't just automatically kill them in one turn. He has to continually strike against them. And with this, you can just Transfix them and kill them normally with the Watcher. Um, the, the, the Pall of Darkness from the Shadow Lord that helps protect your army, allows it to last longer. Uh, Black Numenorians, you know, combined with both the Harbinger from the Shadow Lord and the Watcher are really great. They'll, they'll help the army just be more survivable and allow the Watcher to do more of what the Watcher does best. And Suladan is just a good hero. He hits hard. He provides that banner effect, which supports the Watcher and supports the rest of the Black Numenorians. It's got some mobility with the Serpent Riders and the Bat Swarm, and it's got a decent amount of might, that being nine. So that's yeah. the list. I like, I like the theme because you, you, you encompass the books from when the Watcher and Goblin mm -hmm. sprawled exactly. out the Pelennor fields. Mm -hmm. So I do, I do like that aspect. So you have me there. <laughs> no, no. I mean, no, you it, know it, me. It, it, I, I always take theme lists. It, it, it does the Corsairs feel... showing up, the Watcher like pulls up with goblins on its back to the docks. Yeah, <laughs> summon the Kraken. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's it is it is like a, like an optimize like it is like a like the list we reviewed today. It's like that with one purpose, which of course is get in, get in. You Soladin's banner, the Watcher does shenanigans, shut down stuff, and you don't get shot. Like the, it, it's, it's a little more successful, I would say in that sense, because it's, you know, exactly what you're doing with it. Um, and yeah. even you telling us about it too, like, you don't have to go too deep into it. Like we know what you're going to do with it. And it kind of, it's reminiscent of many 
I want to say like a European list that I see or that I did see at Articon where you have like an elite, you usually see with Lady of Light, elite force with these small shenanigans. Don't get hit, don't get hit. Then you get and everything synergizes together. So it does seem like an evil force of that, which I appreciate. Um, yeah, I think the numbers are low, but for what you're doing, it's totally fine. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, it's I mean, a very focused list. Yeah, I've, yeah. Fo- I've, focus is perfect way to say. I've it. played eight hundred point armies with thirty models, so I think thirty eight is fine. Uh, I know generally in the American meta, uh, you guys like to take like you know forty five, fifty. Uh, every time I take a forty five to fifty model army or even larger, I just get bored because of the sheer number of models that I'm just throwing forward and grinding against. So I like to take very hero heavy armies that are more uh mm-hmm. your mid 30s to low 30s and this no, it, is it's, definitely it's, something i'd consider yeah it, it'd be terrifying to come across i think the only weakness is those scenarios like domination or something that spread out is your army does work really well it synergizes together but it, it, in a sense has to be together mm-hmm. but like if that ball of death was coming at me and you know oh the ball of death's coming the ball of death's coming and then the Kool-Aid man burst out. Hey, hey, hey. And like, that's the watcher in this scenario. Like, you know, like, that's just like, uh, Can I, just say, I love chair. these scenarios you come up with in your head where you like, you see a Kool-Aid man bumping it. <laughs> Go yeah, it's, it's totally. You just have so many great quotes like that. <laughs> you're, you're picturing Evan's army. Like everyone visualizes this on Spotify. So you got a Roman legionnaire army marching, marching, Very marching. You're shooting Very- arrows at it. But of course, Shadowlord blocks it because they got that tortuda or whatever marching 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 and you're like oh no like i have this fear what's gonna happen then boom kool-aid man pops out of nowhere and starts throwing all your models all over the place and drag picks up one of them and you're like no and drags them into the deep and kills them like that's basically I need what this you, army is i need you to now to convince jesse to make the watcher into kool-aid man Oh like, my gosh, with googly with eyes. With blue man drummers. <laughs> yes. Yes. See, oh now my this gosh. Is, that, that wins a tournament for best model. That, um, I mean, man you should just up. start a whole company. Denethor, Guy Fiorani, like all these <laughs> <Yeah>. different like <laughs> models that are just, boom, you've got the Morgue Rotter with just like right, a Gatling Oh gun. yeah, all the way around the base. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So we'll go on to Rob's list next. Okay, so I also brought an 800-point list. Mine is very different from Evan's. It is pure Moria. In fact, I took the Depths of Moria Legendary Legion. So it's about as thematic as you can get for Moria. It's very ironic because, as you know, I actually don't like this Legion very much um, for existing. But (laughs) it's also literally the way that I think Moria should look because it's basically movie Moria, right? But anyway, so um, I have four warbands. The first is led, obviously, by the Balrog, who is the leader. And he has six goblins with shield, five goblins with spear, two prowlers, two black shields, and a black shield drum. And then the second warband is led by a goblin captain. Um, and he has five goblins with shields, five goblins with spears, and two prowlers. The third warband is actually identical. So a captain with five shield goblins, five spear goblins, and two prowlers. 
And then the fourth warband is led by a captain with five goblins with shields, five goblins with spears, and one prowler for a total of 56 models. So the the big thing here is that the Legion makes that drum um, really good because one, it's battlefield wide, and two, it actually counts as a drum or as a banner for scenario purposes. And in this particular context, I decided to take the Black Shield one because I like the idea that, you know, it can kind of run away from threats, right? That it's not completely stationary. And especially if you run up against like a maelstrom, you want it to be able to kind of move away uh, to where you need it since you don't actually really care about the positioning since its effect is battlefield wide, which as we talked about has necessitated the choice of two black shields that are literally there just to essentially pick up the drum should one of them die, right? But it gets to a point in a list like this where the extra six points you're losing for the two black shields is one goblin. And when you're at 56 models, it doesn't really matter. I'd rather have the protection, even though the model is suboptimal. Um, and other than that, I mean, it's, it's got three captains to get as much might in there as possible. And basically they're there as a move slash March battery for the Balrog itself, because that's really what needs to be from a competitive standpoint. It's going to have some tough scenarios, but at the end of the day, this list never gives up secondary points ever, right? Because you've got the banner, you're never going to be broken unless you kill the Balrog, which means you're also not giving up any leader points. So to fight the list, they really have to take on the Balrog, which is kind of where you want to be in a list like this. You don't want them to avoid it with all of the things that they would otherwise just run through your goblins with. And the Balrog himself has that anti-shooting rule. So like he's a little bit more protected against just randomly getting shot to death. Um, and other than that, you've just got this swarm of goblins that are going to wear you, wear you out and drag you down. And then you've got the prowler sprinkled in to, you know, take on maybe some of the tougher targets or going to be thrown in the combats where you really need to kill some more stuff. Uh, the big weakness obviously is that this list can't take the bat swarms, but given the buffs that you get to the Balrog itself and the fact that you kind of have to funnel things into him anyway, and he's generally not afraid of much to begin with, I think that's, that's okay. Uh, and yeah, and so I think that this is, a, this is as Moria as you get. It focuses on the Balrog and as many goblins as you can kind of cram into an 800-point list. So I yeah, think it would be I, cool. I, th I think I was like, mm, it's not. But like when you mentioned that secondary victory, like points for tournaments, like... I look back at all the tournaments I've won and actually placed, and it's not because I came and I dominated. It's because I negated people victory points the whole tournament. Like and that, this is the ultimate list for that. Yeah, exactly. Like that, that, that point is like, you see the legendary Legion and maybe that's what makes the Legion so good. Like initially I'm like, why would I bring that? Like you take out all the tools, Belrog's the only hitting power. But when you say it like that and you explain it like that, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like bring this to a six game tournament. Like this is really good. In, in well, the I mean, in, in a the tournament guide, right? You, you, it's all about getting three or more victory points, right? Like that's how they determine um, if you get like a major victory. Is if you have like, I, I believe, if you have three more than your opponent. So the ability to negate actually helps you get higher up in the tournaments because you're just going, okay, if I hold you to X amount, all I need to get is this amount, and I get the maximum points. So yeah. negating is equally as important as getting points. It's well, the, and, um, the, the art you, uh, of a small victory. You still, you're having to get through 55 goblins and a Balrog, mm -hmm. right? So like, it's it's got the numbers. It's got a big, scary beastie that is not afraid of too many things in the game. Um, 
the biggest weakness is probably going to be maelstrom missions, but that's why you have all of these captains in there to just like show up and march where you need them and try to keep people together. The drum really doesn't matter where you place it. You just keep it alive. And so when you come to a tournament, especially with the new match play guide where you have like the buckets, you're probably hitting more favorable missions than unfavorable ones to begin with. And then with smart play and with the ability to basically negate all secondary victory points for your opponent, um, I think it can do a lot of work. And I think that when people realize that, you'll see it showing up more often as well. Yeah, because it has that that horde effect, which works really good for most of the scenarios. But then the effect of when you're right up in the face, like mm -hmm. conscious the champion, sweet, like give me the victory. Like, you know what I mean? Or just like yeah. things straight up in the line, like even the menacing like of the Belrog, like we, if right. you go up against a top player, they're going to know how to like negate it with the heroic defense and all these different things, but you come up against people and they're just terrified of it. Most people, because they, you know what the Belrog can do and they just like run away or whatever. So I, I wow. Like I, I was shocked actually. I mean, who doesn't want to see a Balrog on the list? I mean, yeah, I love like, seeing this is Balrog. Really I mean, maybe not against him, but <laughs> admittedly, I, I just, anytime I see Balrog at a tournament, it's so cool because you don't see him that often. And obviously, he gets a boost in the new edition, so it'll make him more likely. I love seeing the Balrog. Um, well, he's also such an iconic piece. Like, when I think of yeah. Moria, I think of the Balrog. And so it would be hard for me not to take the Balrog in a Moria list just on that alone. And I feel the like the legendary scene in the definitely movies. makes that viable. The Balrog scene in the movies might be my favorite scene in the entire trilogy, or I guess all six movies, honestly. The Bal when he comes out, he looks so cool. The Balrog is one of my favorite models in the entire game. It's such an awesome model. Yeah, um, to, see, to see fear in Aragorn and Gandalf's yes. eyes in the same scene is like, oh, shoot. Like, when you see Gandalf going like, oh, God, I can't deal with this. Like, how do I, yeah. what do I do now? <laughs> like, that's he like a, gets triggers and starts yelling at Aragorn some random stuff. And you're like, wow, this guy's really like tilted. Yeah. <laughs> well, and even, um, even like the big heroes, right? Like outside of Aragorn, who's just incredible. But a lot of them, if you can whip them over the battle line and kind of trap them with the Balrog and some prowlers behind your line, they're going to run out of might. And yep. you're eventually just going to start grinding through their heroes. So, mm -hmm. and I mean, the Balrog being natural fight 10, even if you heroic strike all the way up to a 10, it's still a 50, 50, right? That's, and yeah. then what are you going to do? Even if you win, you're not hurting it. Right. And if you're not hurting it, then the army's fearless, everything around it gets plus one fight. Right. So you've got goblins that are fight three and fearless and bannered because the banner is, you know, uh, universal to the table. And so like, it makes things around it better. It itself isn't afraid of much. I actually think it has a lot of legs. The one thing that I always kind of go back and forth on this list was whether you should include the Black Shield Shamans to start shattering weapons. But then I realized I'd rather just have more goblins and marches because like, who cares about the opponent's weapons? I could see it useful for banners, but just whip the banner and kill it, right? So yeah. I don't know. I think, it has, I think it has legs. I think that maybe it mm -hmm. doesn't win an Articon, but it certainly wins the majority of its games kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like it's it's something that you're like, okay, if you're building an Articon team, because Articon's coming up, so we're going to talk about it a little bit. If you're building an Articon team, have one of your members bring this list because you know they'll probably win four games out of six, mm -hmm. like potentially five. You know, you know what I mean? Like, like, like. And if they not? get lucky on scenarios, maybe they go five or even six, right? Because a lot of it will come down to what yeah. they draw. So. Yeah. Yeah, at, at, a, at a larger event, Articon, like larger points, I mean. But yeah, one yeah. big thing, too, is like we're talking about it kills heroes, it gets heroes, it kills, it destroys monsters. Yeah. Like, like, like the Belrog, I've, Samir's taken him to like a, 
an event and he's killed two eagles in one turn like you rogue yeah. you whip an eagle and you kill it rogue and you go into another one like in mailstorm battles the belrog's disgusting because you can't charge something but he can whip something in mm-hmm. and then heroic combat and charge and like throw a battle line like do a whole bunch of stuff it's- <laughs> he, he literally like scorpions and then like batarangs mm-hmm. right well mm-hmm. and then um in the legion he also has that set something ablaze rule so like you pick up a hero you set it on fire its horse is gone it's now on fire right um it just has a lot of tools and that, it's protected um, against really siege weapons as well with the right so if you come up against the siege legion which is very popular competitively it's like okay the balrog is hard to hit uh if you shoot a goblin in front of it it's not going to knock it over anything so you're not going to stop it um and then what you're going to kill a bunch of goblins okay right yeah so this, this legendary legion gives me a uh, Baradur vibes, honestly, just sort of, it's got that same idea of just, mm-hmm. you can't get any victory points or anything like that. And honestly, I don't really like it that much. Part of it is personal preference. Part of it is just, I think it is going to be super, super rare that you're going to win five or six games with this list because there are ways of dealing with it. And those ways of dealing with it are to kill the goblins. And goblins are fight two, and the Balrog can only be in one place at one time. So if you play against, let's say, something like two or three mounted heroes, and then like Gondor or something like that, uh, maybe Faramir or something runs into the Balrog, calls a couple of heroic defenses, just takes up space, and then... The rest of your guys run in, they call a bunch of heroic combats, they chop through your goblins, and then they kill like 20 to 30 goblins. And it doesn't matter if you're not broken, because your goblins are now outnumbered by Minas Tirith guys. And sure, the Balrog goes and munches on one guy a turn, but if you're not, if you're playing an objective scenario like Domination or reconnoiter or anything like that. I mean, it doesn't matter if the Balrog's still alive. You've lost the game. And I think this list definitely will automatically win some scenarios, like to the death contest of champions. Like, you're great. You're doing fine. But just the fact that there are so many maneuverability-based scenarios and it's so easy to kill so many goblins so quickly, I don't think it's a top-tier competitive list. I think it'll do decently well, but I don't think it's up there. Oh no, yeah, there's there's no, but I think like the discussion is it's a shocker, like when you come against it, because everybody's gonna do that strategy. That was my main gripe with it, even before like Rob said it is like I didn't think it was any good. Like I'd always pick like a generic or excuse me, a pure Morialist, not not Legion over it, because you can bring all the toys. But I think the negating victory points does have a big set like it's it has a big a a big importance to the discussion at like many tournaments um team tournaments i would say i guess when you do need that guy to go four and two to add to the list of like what is articon the top five uh top four top four top four but like you do need like even if your lowest guy goes four and two like and you have other people four and two, like maybe five and one and possibly six and zero. Like that's, that's enough to get like top three as a team. 
Um, and like even at last Articon that we attended, we did see that. We saw most of the teams have like a lot of those places. And you're like, oh, wow, like I didn't see any member of that group in top 10 or top five, but like you had a lot of those members go four and two. So I think that's that's why I'd be like, yeah, someone. Yeah, just, just to sense. point out though, Articon is 600 points and I don't think no, this yeah, list works one. at 600. Well, I don't yeah. think you, you take this at 600 for sure. I actually think um, even as I play a lot of Minas Tirith and I would still be scared. I mean, it depends on scenario, obviously, but in so many scenarios, like the Balrog can only be so many places, but so can the heroes. And you get one bag whip heroic combat into a hero and then they're on fire and there's 15 goblins not dead, right? So like, I think it has more legs than people give it credit. Um, I don't think it's the best list in the game or something, but I think it definitely is one that you can take to a tournament and do pretty well with. But it, yeah. it's back to that thing. Like if a competitive yeah. player plays it, like they could do well with it. Like you saw the dead sure, legion yeah. and you're like, you go into the dead legion. You're like, okay, like I know all these gimmicks, like it's not really threatening. You're not going to place. But if you see like a good player actually know the mechanics of the game, know how to negate, because that is a lot of tournament play actually is like, just, you're not going to crush, you're going to negate. And so many times I see it, people are shocked when they destroy their opponent and then they roll the last dice. You're like, okay, cool. I won seven to yeah. five like 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 you know you know what i mean like those those type of games where you well where you play i, I think um so much of a tournament is really just three things right you've got preparation skill level and luck right so you prepare to play the scenarios your skill level means you just don't make mistakes in games with your list but then if you are the best player in the world with the best list and have terrible luck or like really bad matchups, because not every army can do everything perfectly. And if you hit five games of your worst scenario against your hard counter or the flip side, it's going to really have an impact. Right. And so this, this list might lean a little bit more heavily on that third bucket because like mm -hmm. you really want to have better scenarios or better matchups. Um, and there are some that are just going to crush you, but if you get, you know, five good games you've done the preparation with the list building and you're good with the list right i think it's got legs yeah, and you you gotta think too like nine man per team at articon not 600 but let's say 800 yeah. potentially like that's one named hero mm -hmm. out of like the whole thing and like one like your team is going to be picking all the top guys and it's like one team member just like take the belrog and the legion why not like give it give it a try <laughs> so yeah we keep like beating that like that horse but yeah, it's, it is it is interesting. Okay. Um, we'll move into the next list. Uh, Rainier, you want to go next? Yeah, so I've done something that I've never done before, and I'm taking a thousand point army. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yes. So this is uh, themed, I guess. It's uh, Misty Mountains Alliance. Ooh. And that'll be probably, you'll probably see where this is going. So let me see if I can read my handwriting real quick. So here I go. So for Moria, I'm bringing Durberts, Hero of Valor. Accompanying him is one Bat Swarm and 14 Goblins with Shield. Uh, after that, I am taking one Captain for Heroic March, of course, in the Might, with six Shield uh, Goblins and one Bear, Bear Goblin. And then I'm taking two Moria Black Shield Shamans. So gonna bring some harry potter magic to the mix and they're each in each warband they have two shielded goblins um and then after that i'm gonna have the watcher in the water so that's my contingent for moria and then here i go a little to the north and i'm bringing the goblin king accompanying him is Gollum 
and 17 goblins with pike pick uh another goblin a cat goblin captain with pick and 12 goblin captains with pick and then a goblin mercenary captain with 12 mercenaries with pick so the breakdown is uh 76 models 15 might and it has like a lot of tricks so i'm going to try to isolate most of them but the main tricks are you have the watcher which Matt, like, oh, yeah, like, he just pops out. You're scared of him. But, like, when he pops out and goes, oh, yeah, like, you're going to have 12 to 13 goblin mercenaries pop up with him and go, oh, yeah. So he's going to have his little friends. I'm probably going to convert them to be rubber duckies. So, like, bloop, like, here they all just pop up with them. So that's, like, I was, I toyed with the idea in the last episode, like, mm, like, goblin mercs with him. Like, why not try it? Uh, I have the goblin king which i'm i was actually adding the goblin town to list and i was like this list is broken like all these guys are under for like price like what the heck but goblin king with golem is like a perfect combo to take out any hero and so alone to yes yeah, so nasty take out any hero and then goblin king also is terrifying with harbinger from the watcher so like that makes him even that much scarier uh you also have derberts and a bat the bat can combo with anything on the list um, ranging from Durberts, the Goblin King, the Watcher, even a Goblin Captain or anything. Like, it can pop anywhere at once to go. The Mercenaries is that kind of second wild card. I know I said I could pop them with the Watcher, but I can also pop them wherever I want for objective play, scenarios, anything like that. And then I feel like, yeah, all that heavy hitting, um, I'm basically bringing a Moria list. The Goblin Captain with Golem brings, like, a steroided uh what's gonna call it goblin uh, excuse me troll troll so the cherry on the top i think is the two black shield shamans and they are gonna be devastating in this list because you have so much crap going on and you have no idea that like there's these two black shield shamans that can shatter anything any weapons um tag team or even burst through lines i know we compared them two barrel whites in last episode but we said these guys are like barrel whites that can kill troops also heavy defense troop battle line just boom 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 so i feel like i do have that um i spammed a lot of shields people don't like the idea with goblin goblin town and moria because there's no like synergy there but why not add just a ton of shields to like make it easier to defend against shooting and you still have a ton of goblin town like shield walls where or shield walls wherever you want so actually yeah i was initially writing it as like oh like, let me see if i can have like a missing mountain alliance but now i'm like holy crap like <laughs> i want to take this sucker mm-hmm. uh i think that is a nasty list um <laughs> it kind of brings it's like all of the good stuff that you can put into a list it has right because you've got goblin king golem which is just ridiculous then you've got watcher bat which is also ridiculous <laughs> then you've got double shatter which is also ridiculous and then you yeah. still have numbers right so yeah. Like, yeah. it's yeah. just stupid good <laughs> how, many, yeah. how many models did you have 76 yeah oh my goodness. so obviously my only complaint with this list is i think you should probably give some of the moria goblin spears because you have a whole lot of shieldmen just standing around not getting spear supported. And with hordes, especially with 76 models, you want a lot of spears because otherwise you're not going to be able to get them all in the fight. So 
I put some spears on the Moria Goblin Warriors. Obviously, keep them as a front line just to protect against shooting, but give some of them spears. But other than that, I mean, yeah, I agree. I agree with what, I, I, when I heard the scaly. The, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This, this was, this was like I was at the beach day and I was like, oh, should I got to write a list for tonight? And I was like, oh, I had this. <laughs> so this I, might, I was like, oh, shield, shield, shield. So I might also <laughs> consider trying to find the points for a goblin shaman. Just yeah, I I, I just tried to that auto pass courage tests. It doesn't have you, to be with all the goblins, but you you know me, Evan. I'm like I can have a horde or I can have a horde, and I wanted a horde. Like you know what mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah. And then it's too that like one goblin because I did I did toy with it. Um, and initially I was gonna have one shaman, black shield, and one for the passing courage test. But then I was like, no, the double black shield shamans I feel is a lot scarier in the sense that okay like you have something terrifying you don't want to engage sweet i don't want to engage too boom what is that tremor tremor with two of them in battle lines and then things can pop up and i can throw goblins at like whatever their mounted hero is or whatever so i do i don't know maybe that's just where i'm at too in this game like competitively where i'm like i can balance it or i could lean in even harder and I, I don't know. I, I feel like the, the shamans, like the double black shamans are like lean a little harder to have that kind of pop, if that makes sense. But I, I do get that. And I did consider that actually. Yeah. I mean, part of the concern as well is if you break, uh, for example, because sure, Derbers has a 12 inch stand fast, but he's, he's courage four and he's not the most challenging to kill. And just having that fury will just help your yeah. army stick around after it breaks because yeah. I, I, I you don't think, have I think... the you don't like have the goblin town thing of you don't have a ridiculous amount of models so it's hard for you to break. You are going to break and you are going to break. I'd say relatively often, and it's good to have countermeasures against that when you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd actually argue with that though because anything that can potentially break my army is going to be very scared to engage because everything that i have can kill anything mega when it comes to heroes um i could even throw in because the watchers just like like i have a watcher also by the way like there's no need for it really in the list besides like yeah i could throw them in the back lines kill things so i do feel like this list can break the opponent pretty well all it's maybe missing is a spider queen and derbers I was thinking. I was thinking corsairs. I was thinking <laughs> that corsairs. I'd be, the one, I'd, be the, I'd be the one bringing would just corsairs. break this. Oh man, you know how to get to immediately. You say corsairs. Don't trigger me. But man. like <laughs> hordes, hordes that are higher fight than this will kill the goblins very quickly, and then you will break. And it's not like sure the watcher in the water can grab three or four models in a turn, but you have. 60 more you're not going to be able to deal with all of those models and i think that's where this list will struggle is hordes that are not even fight four but fight three that'll just cut it to shreds but other Um, than that it's a super scary looking list yeah (laughs) um and then i'll just i'll just finish up on my list and um that'll be the episode um so my list is, it's, I just went competitive on this. I'm going to be honest with you. It definitely has, you'll see why it's Moria, but it, it's very competitive. So um, 
My leader is Goblin King with Gollum and 17 Goblin Warriors. Uh, I have a Goblin Town Captain with 12 Goblin Town Warriors. I have Durbers with eight Goblins with Shields, seven Goblins with Spear. Uh, I have a Spider Queen with one Fell Warg and a Bat Swarm. And I have a Cave Drake with three Moria Goblins with Shields and three Moria Goblins with Spears. So I have 58 models, uh, 13 Might. Um, you have three big hitting heroes. You have a Cave Drake, the Goblin King, and the Spider Queen. You have a bunch of Might. You have a March in there. You have two ways to prevent fight value in Gollum and a Bat Swarm. And yeah, you just have a bunch of models with a bunch of Might and big heroes. So that's my list. How many points is it? Like- uh, 800. 800. This is like the perfect way to, I'm not perfect, but like, this is a way like to like actually make this like the most optimized, I think at an 800 point list. Well, I, I because, wanted to use, cause we talked about the, in the last episode, we talked about the cave Drake and I think the cave Drake for its points is very, very, I wouldn't say underrated, but not utilized enough. And even though he has one yeah. might and he doesn't have the strike, he's still terrifying with seven wounds and the ability yeah, to just Yeah, I think that that's what, what makes it six the Drake, oh, six Drake put, put, puts it over because it's like the spider queen on a bad day is going to get killed in one shot. The cave Drake, you can literally just throw him at something and he'll survive most of the game, if not the whole game while also putting a lot of offensive output. So like, that's what I do like about the sense that you bring him because he's just survives and kills stuff in his high defense. And then the goblin count, is like yeah, why not? Like, let me get a whole bunch yeah. of discounts. Let me, stuff. Let me up so my good, it's so dumb. How good? Yeah, I've never actually is. like written a list until now with it. I'm like, like what? Like who yeah, was Gollum for thirty five? Thinking points, right? the ring, yeah. the king for hundred and thirty. You're saying what? The king for hundred thirty. But what's amazing is you take a goblin town captain with twelve goblins, right? And and it ends up being like I think eighty three points. And you just go so a whole war band of goblins with a captain is eighty three points. You can take so many big things with that. And they all just... spear support. Yes. Yeah. And, the, and they all piercing strike. You can double yeah. piercing strike. Yeah. Or, well, well, you can't yeah. double it. You can only do it in oh, the front. I well, you can, you can do it from the back. And... But, but still, four points for a strength for supporting model. Like, that's... Yeah. Like, what, what the heck? Like, and then, like, you would think that they'd balance it with making it like just a horde mentality, but they're like, no, let me throw the goblin King and yeah. make him completely unstoppable with Gollum. Like, mm-hmm. hmm, I think, I think that's the part of the list that needs changing is I don't Gollum. know why Gollum is in there. He should be like a wanderers in the wild type character. Right. But having mm-hmm. him as an independent hero with the ring with the goblin King, who is already objectively like too good for his points is just ridiculous. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like totally unthematic because you have like, them like hoppling together and goblin it's like saruman grima like type vibes and it's like that's that's not really how it goes but that that said like your list i feel like is really optimized i originally was going to write an 800 list mm-hmm. and make it like that but then i was like but the watcher so, I, like i genuinely I agree i, I like the list competitively speaking a lot i would genuinely take this to a tournament and i think i'm not saying i would you know it would depend on who i go against and all that kind of stuff but I, I genuinely think I could do pretty well with this list because you've got three really big heroes to fight against, a bunch of might, a bunch of models to hold the line, and you have two ways of mitigating fight value, one in the front and then one if it needs to get in behind. I, I just think it'd be difficult to beat this list as well. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know if it's because Articon's coming along, but my mindset isn't 
right now thinking competitively, like Mm -hmm. bring something that's going to win every single game. My mindset is stuck. Like, hmm, like bring something that's going to contribute to your team. And of course we say this, all of our lists are like 800 and above, but like, if this was an Articon like mindset, like, that would oh, be different but i mean at, yeah. at the end of the day i mean what we have to keep them we can take whatever we can make whatever lists we want obviously we're not restricted to do 800 and above kind of a thing but what, what people who maybe don't play in the u.s have to understand is we almost never have games below 700 points ever yeah so never. there's just no point of make writing yeah. lists mm-hmm. at that many points because it's not going to come up in a like unless you play a friend at that many points well, I think well writing reason, lists we, for Articon almost feels weird, right? With like the lower yeah. points level, you're like, I'm, this, I'm out of practice on this. Yeah, and I think a reason for viewers like is like in America, typically if you're going to a tournament, you're traveling like way yonder. Like you're you're getting a hotel, you're paying a lot of money. So like there's a sense in the States that if you travel all that time, like you don't want to just bring like one 18th and, of and your collection. The- you actually want to put together something that you, you're going to have like a lot of fun to play, not just, yeah. So like in the sense, like, let's say Articon mindset, let's pretend that like it's 800. Like if I was a team captain, I'd be like, take that. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like that's gonna, gonna produce well, even if like the mm-hmm. person, well, it depends on the player, but like, if you're a good player, like that's gonna do well at just about all the scenarios. Mm-hmm. So one thing um, I thought was really interesting. And I wonder what that says is, um, out of the four lists, in three of them, Moria was essentially the junior partner. And it's more about the heroes than it is about yes. the troops. I, so I, in a way, Moria is like the ultimate like soup component competitively is what it sounds like. Yeah. And I think yeah. the problem with, I think the problem with Moria really is you you look at them and you go, okay, they're heroes. I, I've always had this opinion of the best armies are the ones who have people of points value at every level. And the problem with Moria is they don't really have upper mid tier heroes. They kind of have Gerbers to the cave Drake. So there's an 80 point gap where there's nothing really filling that spot for, for heroes. So it's, it's like if you had um, Faramir to LSR and there was nothing, there was Mm -hmm. no Boromir, right? I don't want to live in that world. (laughs) (laughs) So, so it becomes that thing where there's no, you need those middle tier upper echelon heroes, but aren't too expensive because that's what makes these lists so good. I I feel like they have the same problem in their, in their, in in their units also, Mm -hmm. because you have like really base cheap that do like their defense, like semi good defense. That's all they're good at. And then you have really expensive crap ones. Like if they had a range, like making the, the black shields like at least good moran and semi moran and good like then it'd be like hmm, like i can make this work if they had in my opinion if they had 100 to 150 point heroes you would see this army taken as a whole way more often because they yeah. need something that can fight against other big heroes but yeah. not too expensive to be that, a dragon or a balrog that that said i think it does have the components to do really really well if you build it oh yeah because you there can are do well so many i just ways to i think it. for it to go to that next tier you need those those 100 yeah, to 150 I, well, I, I also think part of the problem um and you can have an entire episode on this so we're, i don't want to dwell on it but just the some of the hobbit armies raising like the power level right so like in some ways moria was semi-invalidated as a pure army by goblin town because you essentially have moria is balrog plus a bunch of goblins is now 
Goblin Town with Gollum and uh, Goblin King with three times as many goblins. And so it's like Moria plus three, right? Kind of thing. And so when you're looking at it, um, I still think the Legion obviously has legs, but by and large, if you're looking competitively, you're like, yeah, I'll take the Goblin King and Gollum and this many models. And then the Moria, I'll take the good stuff out of it and like plug it in, you know, with the bat swarms and some of the characters to other things that it'll complement. So, yeah, being totally honest, like I, for the life of me, cannot write a pure Moria list that I look at it and I'm like, oh yeah, that's strong. I would take that to a tournament. I just can't. Because it's always like, this this list can ally with so many things, and I can just grab this warband from this army list, and this is better than whatever I'm taking instead of this in the pure Moria list. And I mean, obviously, the prime example of that is why take a drum when you can just throw in Suladan with exactly. some rad guys? Yeah. Why take these Moria Black Shields when you could throw in the mouth of Sauron and 15 Moranin Orcs or Black Numenorians? Yeah, why why take a cave troll when you could throw in the Goblin King and, like, Gollum? Why take a Watcher in the Water when you can take the Kool-Aid Man? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) No, but I think Evan brings a good point about Suladan, too, as well, because, you know, what's the one downside to the Balrog um, being your leader is it's an easy... VP to take off if you get one wound on him, and it allows the Balrog to do whatever he wants now if you make Suladan leader. Now, you may not do that, of course, but I'm saying it gives you an option to do so if you wanted to just keep Suladan in the back and protect him and then let the Balrog do whatever he yeah. wants. The, and just the other benefit, yeah, it gives him a banner re-roll. And it gives so him like, a banner's roll. I would yep. say I wouldn't take the drum if you're taking a big monster. I would just automatically pick Suladan. Because usually the big monsters in the Moria list have barely any might points. So you want to give them that banner reroll to get an extra die and increase their chances of winning the fight. So, yeah, it's, it's really hard to make a pure Moria list uh, and not just go, ooh, I, I want to grab that from this or something like that. And because yeah, they're and allied with almost everyone, it just makes it mm-hmm. hard not... Because it's not... I think, they're, I think they're red allies with, what, two, two armies, if I'm correct? Uh, so, I would have to check the matrix, but like I, I feel like the discussion, like Moria, actually has so much, so many monsters and cool tricks that we should reverse it and be like, okay, if you're taking a different army, like let's pick from the Moria yeah. pool. Mm-hmm. Just bring Durberts and a couple like shenanigans. Like we should like we're always thinking hmm, we have to like pick site outside of it. Like let's I don't know think instead of like building a moria army build a different army and come back to moria i guess yes so moria is red with unfortunately it's red with two armies that you love to ally into everything which is of course barad dur and sharky's rogues the two best alliance (laughs) options oh man i mean effectively that you can ally with everything that you would want to ally with yeah Um, because it makes sense sauron not fighting with the belrog but it doesn't make sense the Belrog fighting with what uh Mahood? Like what? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean what Sharky's You know that iconic scene where the where enough. the Corsairs fought with the Balrog, right? You know that that super iconic scene. Yeah, well because yeah. the the Belrog's on fire because he came from way down in the desert. He like, lit he their torches so they could see the way. Well, if you remember in the movies where they're getting shot at with those arrows, those are actually arbalesters. I mean, it's a blink and you'll miss it moment, but they're down there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they're small arrows. You think that they're small arrows. They're not. They're crossbow bolts. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. Just rewatch it. You'll see it. It's there. Like we um, know this stuff, guys. We're experts. <laughs> yeah, but I think that wider in a in a wider sense, the the alliance matrix in a way being so loosey goosey makes that's why you see those those you know clearly superior pieces um, everywhere, right? Your Lady of Light, your Suladan, your Goblin King. You know, it's just that it's too work, easy right? to soup a list that's just better for the sum of its parts in competitive play than it is to, in many cases, squeeze the juice out of a pure list. Mm. Okay. Um, let's fight for the pure. Like, let's do it. Yeah. Rob, I know let's... you play pure and you play just green. Like, I do the same. Like, let's make it work. Well, actually, like, you know, sorry, whenever what, I get to start playing tournaments list? again. What's that? Yeah, right. Before. <laughs> One of my challenges for myself when I can start <laughs> playing games again is I just want to try to take nothing but different legendary legions to tournaments and like get the most out of them because like all of you my instinct is what is this list and how do i whittle it down to the most like optimized little concoction with all the right allies so that it does the most focused thing and it's almost hard for me not to do that so being restricted by legendary legions that are sometimes suboptimal gives me like a new challenge for myself almost right yeah it, it kind of makes you makes you better too because i feel like mm -hmm. i got better in the game when i when i was like okay i'm just gonna play lists that like are kind of like tilted they have like yeah. a really good punch but they have a huge weakness and it does make you really good at that you have like a really low defense army you come against shooting you have to minimize that you come we have like nothing that can handle terror you have to minimize that like it does i feel i don't know for myself it's made me play a little better yeah i, I genuinely might take the nine to a tournament mm -hmm. or the 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 riders legion that might yeah. be the first thing i take i think it'd be a ton of fun oh man that'll be one of those things where you're gonna either win really big or lose really big yeah probably get punched by someone but you don't yeah. you don't care you know <laughs> like you just having fun <laughs> Yeah, it's I've, you put on your band-aid and go. I've been yeah. taking Kirith Ungle recently. Oh, and despite, I'd love to take that. despite what you've been hearing online about how it being so great competitively, it's not. I'm sorry to say it's just not. I mean, part of the problem is I played two Maelstrom missions and Shelob likes mm -hmm. to roll a lot of ones on those. Mm -hmm. So 90 points of my army was gone. But uh I mean the Mortar Uruk, I just they don't do enough, but it's a lot of fun to play. I think so. I played against my father with Corsairs, and uh, it was a obviously a ridiculous challenge because he's got all these strength three throwing weapons and crossbows that can murder me and uh, fight for on everyone. And I've only got like 12 Urukai who are a fight for. And uh, I mean, it was it was really challenging to play, but uh, I managed to figure out a way to win. And it shows that like, even if your army is a bit underpowered, you can still use your knowledge of the game and perhaps some good dice rolling. Cause I was rather lucky in the end, cause I managed to just get enough objectives to where I won the game. But I yeah, mean, it com yeah, comes down to those two want. buckets. Skill and luck are both, you know, like equally large parts of winning games and tournaments. So, you know, a lot of people will win a tournament because they just happen to hit that, you know, triforce of things really well. Um, but skill and luck can swing things very, very determinatively, uh, determinatively even with yeah. a less, less than optimal list. So, mm -hmm. 
and and the, and the best skill is to like try i know it's impossible when you, most times but try to position yourself to where even when you have bad luck it's going to turn out well yeah mm-hmm. exactly yeah. that's that's like that's like the what like don't chance anything unless you have to yes. mm-hmm. On the other hand, with those types of lists, you have to be prepared to lose because the last game I played, uh, I drew heirlooms and my opponent, even though I spread out my army all across the board, my opponent managed to grab the objective to where my army wasn't. And because the only maneuverable model I had that was over six inches of movement was Shelob, uh, I just wasn't able to win that. And I mean, that happens with armies like that. So you just yeah, got to I mean, be prepared. It, it, and the luck also just comes in with matchups, right? Too like a, a bad matchup on a bad scenario is going to be a much harder climb than you know the opposite. So, and that's happened to me too on heirlooms specifically. Heirlooms I don't love competitively because there is just that random Everyone element you can do nothing about, right? <laughs> My father loves so. heirlooms, and I cannot imagine why, but apparently he likes that luck effect. I really don't. Uh, I personally think it's a fine casual game. Like you're, you're always going to have these cool stories of like picking up the heirlooms and clutching victory from the jaws of defeat. But in tournaments, it's really just not the best because there's too much luck in it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, thank you for tuning into today's episode. Let us know in the comment section below if you have another army you'd like for us to go over in future episodes, as well as any other uh, ideas for episodes you'd like for us to go over. And any lists you'd like for us to review in future episodes as well. And we look forward to seeing you guys next week.